0: And you say yourself wow okay well if, if i'm using this currency to buy stuff in either the real world or whatever and it's appreciating well i'm going to be happy to have some in my wallet right like if i kind of have the view that if i bought 100 ethereum today and i can buy a cup of coffee with one ethereum but if i if i buy 100 ethereum today in two weeks i might be able to buy two cups of coffee You're like oh that's pretty good I'm going to be happy to have that Ethereum in my wallet. Compare that to Australian dollars, right?
1: Welcome to Tomorrow's News. That was Gavin, I'm Rish, and this week we're going to be looking at the upcoming Ethereum merge. We've got a quick episode today where we're going to look at how Ethereum has the potential to be deflationary over time, and later this week, we'll be going over the basics of the merge. What it is, why it's called that, and discussing the transition from proof of work to proof of stake for ETH and ETH Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's family and associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. So, let's take a look at how Ethereum is said to be deflationary after the merge.
0: if you think about the cryptocurrency ecosystem there are really two cryptocurrencies that are exceptional in terms of their profile and that's bitcoin ethereum and the thing about ethereum is that it has the potential to be deflationary meaning that because the cost of doing a transaction When you spend that ETH, when you use that ETH, part of that fee that accrues is used to actually burn ETH, right, you can actually burn more ETH than it costs to run the network. Okay, what that means if you're a company is it's like you're able to run your business profitably and every day buy back shares okay. But unlike a company, and many companies buy back shares, Apple, Microsoft, all sorts of folks, this is mechanical, right? There's no choice. The directors don't meet every quarter, whatever. And it's linear, right? So the thing that investors will like is that, oh, I can predict exactly how much Ethereum gets bought back by knowing the transaction value, volume. And that number is a public number. It's a number that you can look at on chain and so forth. So you can look every day and go, oh my goodness, every day that goes by, if there were a hundred ETH outstanding and, you know, in the beginning of the day, I know every day that goes by, there's one fewer. End of a hundred days, there's no no ETH. Now, as that number reduces, of course, the price should increase, right? Naturally. And as remember, part of this is about investor behavior. If we know that's occurring and imagine that the usage of Ethereum was going up a lot, right? Imagine that cryptocurrency is taking off and Ethereum, the number of Ethereum wallets and Ethereum users is going up exponentially. And you say, to yourself, wow, okay. Well, if, if I'm using this currency to buy stuff in either the real world or whatever, and it's appreciating, well, I'm gonna be happy to have some in my wallet, right? Like if I kind of have the view that if I bought hundred Ethereum today and I can buy a cup of coffee with one Ethereum, but if I, if I buy hundred Ethereum today in two weeks, I might be able to buy two cups of coffee. You're like, Oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to be happy to have that Ethereum in my wallet. Compare that to Australian dollars, right? Doesn't work for you. And so the more people believe this is true, the more it will feed on itself. So you could get this Nirvana, this Goldilocks where the more it goes up, the more usage occurs, the more it goes up. The more people want to own it and hold it, even if they don't use it. And so you go. Now, of course, it'll probably reach some sort of nadir. I don't know. Is that 10,000 or 100,000 or 4,000 trades at 1,800 today? I don't know. No idea. No prediction. No view. Could be any number. We don't know. But you can have exceptional events occur. The one thing that stands against that occurring is sort of that everybody knows that. Right. So everyone in the market is aware of this dynamic. So to some extent, you need to surprise people a lot by how powerful that move needs to happen. Otherwise, I think people will just slowly sell it, figuring well, eventually it'll dissipate. Right. So, you know, but you could really surprise investors. I mean, there is a scenario where Ethereum just goes to 10,000 people are like, oh my goodness, how did that happen? What's going on? How is this possible, right? You know, and it's probably more likely now because so many people are negative about cryptocurrencies than it was even a year ago. But again, I mean, purely speculative. Don't Please don't invest on that basis. Please don't think I'm thinking you should buy because it's going to 10,000. I have no idea where it's going. You could go back to 1,000 easily. So, you know, that's not investment advice.
1: Yeah, but like you said, it's going to be interesting to see if this is sustainable this idea of it being a deflationary cryptocurrency. And that's Tomorrow's News. Stay tuned this week for more short episodes about the Ethereum merge. Gavin and I will be chatting about the implications of the merge, what it is, why it's called that, and the differences between a proof of stake and proof of work model. We're also going to be talking about what Ethereum Classic or EthPow could look like in a month. Thanks for listening to Tomorrow's News and we'll be back on Wednesday.